Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Um, well, this morning I'm going to pick up part two of what I spoke about last time for those of you who were here. Um, for those of you who weren't, maybe you can catch up on podcast. But to refresh your memory, I was speaking from my experiences on a recent hike that I went on in New Zealand and um, lessons God was teaching me on that hike. And I wanted to come home and share them with you guys. Is that good? Great. <laughs> so last time we learned that it's a really bad idea to carry more than necessary. Uh, we don't want to carry around unnecessary baggage of things we just don't ever want to unpack. And we don't want to carry luxuries and everything we've ever worked for as though if we carry them around with us somehow we're worth more because that's a really heavy way to live. So let's trust the guide who will provide the things that he said he would provide and hold on to things lightly. Yeah? We learnt that. We learnt that we share the trail, that no one is ever really alone, that there are people who will walk slower than us that need our encouragement and that there are people who will pass us with ease and they are not our competition. They need us too. We all need each other. And we learnt to deal with injuries and wounds immediately, both the major ones and the ones that start as small, teeny tiny rubbing blisters because if they are left, they become fetid wounds that might need amputation. And so we have a responsibility to look after ourselves and others on the trail. Well, today we're going to talk about some more lessons from the trail that will help us in the trial. And as we look to a new year in just a few short days, this is a great time to examine our priorities and how we want to live. There's a sense of new starts and new beginnings and new plans and new adventures to be had. And God is always looking to do something new. So let's lean into what he wants to say to us this morning. And my prayer is that you hear something that encourages you to walk your trail and your year with longevity and health and enjoyment. Does that sound like a good year? I would love that to be our story. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are here amongst us. We thank you that um, your word is living and that as I speak, you do something else with it. God, I pray that you would... Um, open our eyes and ears to hear what's relevant to us personally, that we can take home to our homes this very day. God, I pray that you would give us an injection of hope um, for 2020, that you would give us a vision of the great things that you have in store for us yet, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so because we've already learnt three lessons, we're going to jump into lesson number four straight away. That's, whoops, four. There we go. I'm with it. Um, this particular walk that we went on was in a remote part of the New Zealand Fiordland, and the trail started in the middle of nowhere. In fact, we had to catch a bus for like two hours and then a boat for another 45 minutes or so to get to the beginning of the trail. And when we got there, we were met with a dock for the boat that was flooded underwater up to our knees. So I think we have a photo of that. Yep. That, my friends, is ice-cold snow melt water, <laughs> about eight degrees, and we had to, like, hike up our clothes and jump into that as the very first thing that we did. So we were in a little bit of shock that um, that, that was 
our very beginning. So we did that, and then we walked between 16 to 21 kilometers a day. So it was a long walk overall. And there were parts that were very easy, and there were parts that were going to be extremely challenging. And we would be expected to walk in all conditions. In fact, we walked over countless suspension bridges, you know, um, the kind that are suspended over fast-moving freezing cold water and bounce every time you or someone else behind you, my sister, <laughs> um, decides to kind of give it a little bit of a wiggle. <laughs> so there were a lot of those bridges and we, we walked um, over one of those in particular and the, the ground on the other side, there were these um, star posts on the edges with witches' hats on top that were about this high. And I asked one of the guides what they were for and they said, well, it rains here a lot and when the river comes up, uh, you might need to walk through here up to your waist in water. So the witches' hats is so you can see where the trail is supposed to be. Um, how crazy is that? That much water? Like... I haven't seen that much water in a really long time. Get this, they can get up to nine metres a year. Nine metres a year in rainfall in that region. I think the average is seven metres a year of rainfall in that region. <laughs> Just in case anyone's wondering where all the rain clouds went, I think I found them. <laughs> so I was very grateful that it had not rained a lot when we were there. I mean, we, don't get me wrong, we got 50 or 70 mils every night. That was nice, <laughs> but the days were reasonably good. But even if they weren't, the whole point of the day was to keep going until you reach the safe, safe harbour of the next lodge. And no matter what happened along the way, no matter what conditions were, whether they were in your favour or not, the option of stopping did not exist. There is nothing out there and no alternative destination but the one that we are aiming for. It was not going to be an option for me to sit down and say, I'm kind of sick of walking, or this is too hard, or the conditions are making it difficult. Well, actually, I guess it is always an option, but here's what would have happened. I would have been stuck in the very conditions that were making me want to quit. If I stop in the middle of the conditions that were making me want to quit, then I'm actually positioning myself to prolong my exposure to those conditions. You see how that works? I would not shorten my journey by stopping. I wouldn't make myself drier for stopping. I can pause, I can recoup my energy, but I would be a fool to throw down my pack and quit. Because if the conditions are tough, the very worst thing I can do is stay there in them. In fact, as we walked, we started to hear more and more that we were walking towards some very tough conditions. There had been a lot of unexpected snowfall on the mountains and this created a heightened avalanche risk, which is like scary because I don't know what to do in an avalanche. And there were snow avalanches, but there were also rock avalanches, but there were also tree avalanches. It's very, it's, there's no animals that can kill you there, it's really great, but it's like the very earth is trying <laughs> to swallow you whole. <laughs> So as we walked towards the pass, which would be our pinnacle mountain to climb, and the thing that we were looking forward to conquering, as well as totally dreading, because we knew how hard it would be, we started to walk past red warning signs that said, no stopping for the next 500 metres due to avalanche risk. And this was a little disconcerting, 
As we got closer to the tough country, it was all the more important that we did not stop. There was a risk that was real that we would be crushed if we stopped there. So there's a time to pause and collect yourself and regain your energy and refuel your body. But there are times when it is dangerous for us to stop because there is a possibility that we would be overwhelmed or overcome. So even if we pause, we need to determine that we only do so to rejoin the walk. Are you with me? Because we're all going to come across steep, tiring parts of the trail. We're all going to have conditions work against us from time to time. And maybe for an extended period of time. We're all going to suffer, but we cannot stop. It does us no good. Paul says in Romans 5, We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We're just going to keep that on the screen for a minute if we can. Because I love that there's a universal principle at play here. Every day that I kept walking, my muscles were stronger. My body became more used to the backpack load. And, and you know what? That was nothing compared to how the guides handled the terrain because they were on it all the time. The difficult terrain trained them to be stronger, not just physically. Our response to difficulty is just as often determined by our mind than our physical ability to keep going. What do we say to ourselves? What do you say to yourself when things get tough? If we constantly say, I can't do this, I need to stop, then every step we take is harder to take, right? Paul describes a way for us to deal with difficulty differently. If suffering produces perseverance, the ability to keep going, and the increased ability to keep going produces character, let's say that's the ability to think that you can keep going, then this leads to hope, which is a confident expectation that God will keep his promises, which is based on his faithfulness, not our own effort. One layer builds on the next layer, which builds on the next, which builds on the next. It starts with one step in front of the other. So what's a promise that you can rely on when things are tough? God will bring you through tough seasons and circumstances. He has more in mind for you than the circumstances that you are in right now, even if they're great. Isaiah 40, 29 tells us he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Verse 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's a pretty cool promise. That's a hope that I can hold on to. You know, if I sat down on the trail, there was a guide whose job it was to bring up the rear. And just as the, that guide would have said and done whatever was required to get me moving again and get me to the next lodge, the Holy Spirit has been promised to us to do the same. Jesus is our rear guard. He will not leave you behind. You are not stuck. You are not stuck. So what that tells me is that it is okay to sweat. And it is okay to feel small when you're surrounded by huge mountains that might just fall on you. That's okay. It's okay to feel tired. But don't stop. Keep going. 
Because it's not the pace that matters, but the promise you hold on to. Keep going. You can make it with God's help. So perseverance leads to character and character to hope. You know, um, I've watched my husband do this so very well. He's a farmer. He's an excellent farmer. And the conditions that he's been exposed to for the last two years and more, uh, well, they have stretched our perseverance and they have built character. Because man alive is that man faithful. He refuses to lay down. He refuses to stop putting one foot in front of the other. But he can do that because he has a hope that is bigger than the conditions he finds himself in. If he were to rely on his own strength, that has a limit. But instead, he relies on a hope, an expectation, a reliance on a promise that it is not actually his strength at all that is required to get us through, but a knowledge that it is God's strength that meets us in our moments of weakness. Mountains, droughts, whatever, I'm sorry, but no matter who you are, you will eventually face something that is bigger than you can handle or manage or negotiate with. Something that is not a respecter of person and is outside of your control. And I don't care how capable you are, eventually something out there is going to dwarf you. And in those moments, what do you cling to? It's okay to feel small next to some things that you face, but he is bigger Maybe you don't feel strong enough to hope about your circumstances. Let me point you back to these verses. Perseverance leads to character. Character is demonstrated in action. Keep going. Character leads to hope. Start not stopping. That might just be our New Year's resolution. Just start not stopping. And as that muscle builds, you'll find yourself being strong enough to hope in what you cannot even see. An outcome that at first you might not even have had the courage to imagine, but that God has certainly got ready for your future. You know, I must have taken 101 photos of waterfalls on this trip. I felt so bad for my family when we were doing like the photo thing at the end and I was showing them and I'm like, oh, there's another waterfall and another one and another one. Oops. (laughs) So much water, so green, so pretty. And the next one, I felt the same way though, but it was slightly different, but it was equally pretty. So you need to get a photo of that one and then the next one and then the next one. And every photo I took, I didn't understand that there could be something better than what we had already seen just around the corner. I'm like, oh, this has got to be as good as it gets. No, wait, it gets better. No, wait, it got better. We can't see what's around the corner. We don't know what 2020 looks like. Keep going. He's got you. He's got you. There's stuff you cannot even imagine coming. Lesson number five, deal with disappointment. So in order to promote perseverance, we need to deal with disappointment in a healthy way. For some of us, when something goes wrong, we see it as a sign to give up. Mustn't be meant to be. I guess this is just my lot in life. But you know what? Disappointment is not a dead end. Disappointment is not a dead end. We got to the third day on the trail and there had been another snow dump overnight and it meant that the pass that we were set to walk over was 
currently impassable. The snow was knee deep. There were frequent avalanches on the mountain and you couldn't see where the trail was, which is slightly essential for someone as uncoordinated as me. (laughs) So uh, they briefed us the night before and let us know that it was unlikely that we were able to continue on the planned path. And we were actually really disappointed which surprised me because I was really also dreading it. But it was, <laughs> it was disappointing because that was the day we had all been waiting for. The views were going to be amazing. The climb was going to be hard and we were going to feel so great to have achieved it. And all of our plans led to that moment, you know? We've been working hard for that. And then we couldn't. We couldn't do it. And there were various reactions to the news. I felt terrible for one man. He'd travelled all the way from the UK for the express purpose of conquering this particular mountain. It was on his bucket list and he'd come a long way. He was absolutely shattered. He was having like secret meetings in back rooms to sneak out and do it anyway. (laughs) He was determined to get it done. But overnight, the guides arranged helicopters to come and lift us up onto the top of the mountain. And I'm like, this is great. I don't have to do the hard part, but I still get all of the views. That'll be awesome. (laughs) Um, What was really cool about these guides is that they were determined that we would get to continue on our journey despite the setback. And you know, God, God is kind of the same. He wants you to keep going. He wants you to keep going. Your disappointments are not dead ends in the hands of God. He has resources that you didn't know you had access to. No idea I had access to a helicopter. <laughs> like, I had no idea. Again, I will say to you, you are not stuck. Now, the helicopters come, came and picked us up. And in the six minutes between the first flight and the second flight, the weather came in and made landing at the top of the pass too dangerous. So the second flight had to abort halfway there. Now, Kim Jones was on that flight. You can ask her all about it (laughs) after the service. Grab a coffee. In fact, buy her one because really, it was scary. (laughs) She got detoured a couple of times on that wild ride. And and meanwhile, Cindy and Bella and I were waiting for Kim's helicopter to come back to pick up the next load. And it just didn't come back for like 45 minutes. We were told six minutes... A helicopter leaves, cloud comes over, and no helicopter comes back, people. (laughs) So I'm sitting there. There's no explanation about this. The guides suddenly have a secret meeting in the back room, and I'm thinking, oh, Kim, are you alive? (laughs) So this was a little bit anxiety-inducing for us who had to wait. It was not going to be a comfortable joyride anymore for me. It didn't appear to be an enjoyable alternative to my plan. It was scary to deviate from the plan. And every deviation that happened thereafter increased our concern. We were eventually told that we would have to be flown right over the pass to the next lodge because it was too dangerous to land. And that added more concern. Every time there's a change of plan, I'm like, oh, no, okay. (laughs) Let me ask you, what do you do? What do you do when God gives you what you didn't ask for? What do you do? Like, really think about it. What do you do when God gives you what you did not ask for? Because we had signed up for walking over the mountain. And instead, we were put in a tiny machine that had a lot of windows and a heck of a lot of weather to manage. And to some, 
it was a stress-inducing experience. I think we have a video of my flight, which the guys are going to play for me. And this was one of the safer versions of the flights that went over, thankfully. I'm grateful. And you'll notice that it's beautiful. You immediately get a different perspective of the entire valley that we were meant to walk that day. I saw a glimpse of the big picture that I would not have been able to see from the ground. Sometimes you'll be presented with a disappointment, but it's because you were expecting things at one level, when actually God has a higher level for you. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a bumpy ride, especially right about now. I had to trust that pilot way more than I had to trust my own feet because I would have felt like I was in control using my own feet, even in reality, even if in reality I was no safer. He had to fly with precision and skill, especially as we skim, and I mean skim, I could step out right there onto the mountain, over the top of the mountain. But who knows what I was saved from on that trail? They refused to allow us to walk it. The risks were too great. Injury was a next to certain thing. And instead of trusting my natural ability, I had to let go. I had to trust a power greater than me to get me there. And in doing so, I saw what I would never have been able to see doing it myself. He took me higher and gave me a different perspective. And I believe that God can do the same for you. He can definitely do the same for you. I know it's pretty, but we've got to move on. Isaiah 55. (laughs) For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's put our disappointments under a different perspective. What might he be saving you from? What new and better way does he have in mind? How can you look at your situation differently? How much are you willing to trust his diversion to your plan? Now I get it. Some disappointments are bigger than others. This was a small example, but it rings true for my my more notable disappointments in life. Just like a muscle, if I can manage my disappointments when they are small then I know how to manage them when they're bigger, right? So the unexpected death, the tragedy, the illness, the relational stuff, the injustices, I've had my share of it all. How much am I willing to trust him in those circumstances? Am I willing to try to see these things through a different lens? Am I brave enough to believe these things are not dead ends? Lesson number six. Sign up for the adventure. You know, I'm, I am not an adrenaline junkie, so I was very happy to put my feet back on the ground at the end of that flight. But I want to share with you a quote from a book I heard recently um, called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. He says, The greatest stories go to those who don't give in to fear. The most repeated commandment in the Bible is do not fear. It's in there over 200 times. That means a couple of things if you think about it. It means we're going to be afraid, and it means we shouldn't let fear boss us around. Before I realized we were supposed to fight fear, I thought of fear as a subtle suggestion in our subconscious designed to keep us safe or keep us from getting humiliated, heaven forbid. And I guess it serves that purpose, but fear isn't only a guide to keep us safe. 
It's also a manipulative emotion that can trick us into living a life that is neither meaningful nor memorable. It's a pretty good quote, right? It's challenging. I wouldn't have any of these stories to tell you guys without being brave enough to sign up for the adventure. And that means we sometimes have to put fear aside and say, okay, God, I'm up for this. What have you got for me? There's something about being willing to attempt the difficult and being prepared to see things you never expected to see. Being up for the random detour and the diversion from your plan. Not freezing in panic or interpreting it as a dead end when those diversions arise, because they will. The call to follow Christ is a massive adventure. Jesus was no straight-laced religious type who never did anything interesting. He traveled, he met every kind of person, he spent time with them, he stood up for injustice, he went where no one thought to go, he challenged the norm. Following him is not boring. It's not boring. God sends people to all kinds of places, to all kinds of people. He loves to do the most unexpected things. How about we ready ourselves for the adventure this year? How about we let go of fear and disappointment and build our perseverance so that we can be equipped with the hope that he has said that he has placed within us? Just as the band comes Let's trust in the guide of our life to lead us anywhere, anytime. Knowing that he will have our back, that his plans are better than the ones we hatched out for ourselves. Let us be up for the unexpected. So when it comes, oh my gosh, we can just boldly climb on board and see things we have never seen before, even if our, if our stomach is doing flips. Are you up for that? I want to be up for anything he brings my way good or challenging, because I trust that at the end of the day, he's got me. And so the challenges are okay. The Psalms tells us, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. You, God, broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. What great promises in these verses. It is not the skill or physical conditioning of the individual, though we prepare as best we can, but it is the power, the providence and the provision of God that will lead to success. God is the one that will arm you with strength. It is God who will make my way perfect. Notice it does not say easy or flat or without rain or comfortable, but perfect meaning exactly what I need. He makes my way perfect. He makes your way perfect. Let's trust him on the trail. Let's trust him in the trial because he's worthy of it. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? I'd like to pray for a couple of people. Just um, maybe just give me a show of hands if this is something that you really need to hear moving into 2020, that you need to know that you're not stuck, that God is bigger than your circumstances, and that actually there's a whole load, truckload of hope coming at you with a God who absolutely has your back. If that's you this morning, can you just raise your hand for me so I know who I'm praying for? Great. There's hands going up everywhere, you guys. 
I think that even if we don't feel this way right now, there are going to be moments where we do, right? So I just want to take a moment and pray with you about this. Father God, I thank you that you are the ultimate provider. You are our rear guard. Your resources are endless. God, we don't even know what you've got as a backup plan, but we know it's better than our original plan. God, I pray that for each person who raised their hands this morning, that you would just give them an extra dose of hope this morning, Lord God, that they would understand that you see their circumstances, Lord, and that they are not stuck. God, I pray that you would encourage them to keep going one foot in front of the other until their perseverance builds into hope. God, may they cling to it and may you reward them for that, Lord God. Walk them into the beauty and life and giftings that you have got prepared for them. God, you see their future, we do not. So I pray that you would just give them a glimpse, just something to hold on to, God. And in the waiting, Father, I pray that you would give them endurance, give them strength, help them to put one foot in front of the other, to to always be reminded to not stop here, that this isn't the end, it's not a dead end. It's not a dead end. This isn't it. There is more. This isn't it. There is more. You are a God of more. We thank you that we can trust you, God. We thank you that we can give over our lives to you. We give our plans to you. We ask you to um, divert it the way you need to divert it. Get us to where we need to go, God. We thank you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.